0: Speaking the truth to the state capital, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander Jack Rickens, on the voice of Lincoln ninety nine three KLIN
1: Alright folks, it is Whatever Wednesday. Happy to be here. Of course. I love Whatever Wednesdays. That means the call lines are open. The Rickstein Recognition hotline is open 402-479-1400. The text line is open. Same text line. The Rickstein Recognition text line. <laughs> uh... What's on your mind, Lincoln-Lancaster County? I'm your host, Jack Riggins. Johnny Cadillac is on the board. I want to give a shout-out to the uh, Lincoln Arts Council and Arts Festival uh, coming in yesterday. And Councilman Richard McGinnis, who uh, we had a little hard time in the podcast getting his name spelled right, because it's so hard to look it up on Google if you're confused, but uh, take full responsibility for that and uh nonetheless uh really enjoyed that uh talking about the fairness ordinance and his proposals um so i thought it was great to get some clarification on that it is a whatever wednesday i didn't have time to go into my live golf rant and the golf world being on fire honestly even though that was the tweet of the day yesterday i covered it late in the show my guess is the vast majority of you aren't that interested so i won't spend a lot of time on it uh i'm interested You're interested. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it, Johnny. Uh, Some of the topics I've written down and researched today, um, of course, law and order. I've talked about it this week a little bit uh, with regard to manning and modernization and the mayor's new budget. Um, I would hope that's on your mind. I've often said it surprises me how much people aren't necessarily engaged or really raising concerns about safety and security in Lincoln. Even though in our KLIN poll a few weeks ago, over 75% of people were between very concerned and, you know, highly concerned about it. Um, give you an update on Exploratory Kid- Committee for Mayor. I will say there was a great article in the Journal Star on Suzanne Geist today, uh, um, and I enjoyed reading that as well as my committee. I'll Talk about that. Maybe the Fairness Ordinance. The mayor was on LNK today, this morning, had some interesting sound bites. I'm going to play a few for you. Um, on that, um, again, I want to go on record multiple times and saying, I believe there's a way forward for the community on those very contentious issues, special election. That's another big one, um, that should be on people's mind here, uh, with Mike flood and, uh, <clears throat> Patty Bansing Brooks. Um, I would hope January 6th. My version of Media Wars, if you will. I've talked a little bit about it. uh, Needed help from the audience, you, the people, the people of Lincoln to help me remember who Michael Moore was, at least in my lifetime. He was the first one to really bring alternate media, mostly on the Democratic side, uh, to the forefront. Uh, Since then, um, there's been a lot of different ways to get across messaging. Uh, To me, the January 6th trial, whatever it is, investigation, it is right up there with things like 2000 mules and rigged and what is a woman which is the most recent one and i think they all have their points i think it's just another data point that we can look at to get informed not necessarily to double down on your um you know specific already maybe thoughts or bias Richard, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, has re-engaged with me on Second Amendment. Uh, Richard, I do have your letter. I'm going to talk quite a bit about that, as well as uh, some quotes from the editorial page in the Journal Star. Listen, I mean, I think the Second Amendment is going to be the argument that never goes away. And maybe some of you paid attention at the last LPS board meeting on Flag Day, where an activist, a woman who's been on the show... Um, asked if they would recite the pledge of allegiance, and they said no i I found that shocking maybe I'll comment on that but anyway, calls are already in so let's go to every man dan on line one welcome hey commander thanks for having my call. I really appreciate it whoa um, it's like you're screaming in the phone Dan everybody take a breather i'm
2: sorry i um is this better at all you're good you're good well um I was surprised by uh Richard McGinnis, uh, yesterday on your show, and he said that um, that there had been a, some sort of cabal working on the um, fairness ordinance, the so-called fairness ordinance, for 18 months, and he had just heard about that on Monday.
1: He did and make it sound like some people on the council or other influential people were working outside of that normal scope um, on that for 18 months. I mean, he did say that.
2: Yeah, and that sounds like it might be a violation of the uh, Open Meetings Act, but it also sounds like there's a group of people who like, who are um, – using private ideas and interests to promote their ideology and they're not sharing it with the council
1: well it could have it could have also been the council i, I don't want to go that far it, it could be the council researching and get any expertise and it's just that councilman mcginnis wasn't invited nor maybe any other stakeholders in the community who were conservative um, yeah, it, it, i think it's concerning
2: like that. yeah it is
1: yeah, I I mean I think it's it's well now in the public. You know, he talked about it, and uh, moving forward, I don't think that's the way to do business in this city.
2: Absolutely, I think that's a, it's really bad. I, I I I'm concerned that it is a violation of the opens meeting uh, open meetings act. I feel like um, there's always skirting uh, of the lines in some of these board meetings that we have in Lincoln, whether it's um, LPS or the city council or the. Um, county board seems like they always make decisions outside of their meetings. And then they just, uh, everybody's in agreement by the time that the meeting is called to, uh, to, um, start. And it's, it's kind of concerning because I I don't feel like it's fair for the citizens. For example, with that fairness ordinance, they introduced it and, uh, and immediately passed it the next uh, session. If I remember right. Isn't that?
1: Yeah, it went quick. Hey, thanks for the call, Dan. Appreciate the thoughts, uh, good thoughts concerning, I mean, that's why I say as a citizenry, we have to pay attention to our elected officials. Um, And maybe over time, we've gotten to where we just trust and assume that they're working in our best interest. And I think that it's okay to have some accountability. And I, I don't believe that it's catastrophic, but I do believe the fairness ordinance at some level has caused us all to take pause and to figure out you know how to work together as a community and with our elected officials because yeah dan has a point you certainly don't want elected officials working privately you know for 18 months behind another elected official who talks to you know a third or fourth of the population that he represents and certainly the way it came about is something on this show that i know i harped on quite a bit which is it just re-popped up and then it got voted on the next week and you know off we went and then clearly um others in the community stepped forward and signed the petition and it was just handled poorly i think we should learn as a lesson of how to handle it um better i think the legislation could be written better i i think the pre-coordination could be handled better and i'm going to keep saying it again i'm more than happy to help with that process as a private citizen or as a radio personality you know because I believe that it is something we're going to have to uh, work together on in the future. Uh, let's go to Annie. Annie, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln.
3: Hi, Annie Oakley here. Hey, listen, my question was on the Fairness Act too, which is weird. I heard part of it, and I thought, am I hearing what I'm hearing? Are we on or are we off or are we on again? <laughs> um, what? is the deal because i really honestly
1: want to know did they re voted on no they okay so uh good question okay yeah 10 years ago about i think 2012 we had the vote and then the people voted again and in that process 10 years ago it should have been rescinded which means pulled from the table or voted on and that was put on pause they never did anything for 10 years then we brought forward a new different written fairness <laughs> ordinance, and same thing. It was passed, but then uh, led by NFA and a really bipartisan group of different people uh got the signatures required to once again rescind or put it to vote. Finally, since nothing was being done, Councilman McGinnis put forth a uh, proposal uh, Monday to vote to either rescind or put it to vote or might've just been to rescind either way. They voted four to three to rescind both of them. So what that means for you and I is that those are off the books. If the city council wants to bring forward something like that again, they have to start over. So right now, yes, I'm glad to hear that too. Meaning I would say it's on pause. The, issues and the um, thoughts on it um, are still valid and and need to be addressed at some point. It was just felt that it was too divisive at this time and it's best as a city we, we look at it, rework it. So it's well, going to have to start over.
3: I think that's great, but I do want to make a comment, unless I'm totally off the rails here. How come we need a city council when we have so many issues in this city to pass a fairness act isn't that already covered in the u.s constitution that we're all created equal from given these rights from god not from the city and if it's violated how come HR is so involved in this, if they're not politically woke or correct, because why shouldn't the sheriff be called if it's somebody's rights under the Constitution are violated. Because the police officers, that's not their job. They don't take an oath to uphold the Constitution. They they're hired by the mayorling the mayor, they're hirelings, you know. Well well All right, Annie. Let oath.
1: me you've crossed the streams on a lot of things. I'm gonna comment on them all here. Good call. Thank Good. you for the call. Good thoughts. Um okay a little bit philosophical constitutional upheld in law um for any you're right in the constitution as it's written i mean if we all acted like that and we all on an individual basis lived up to the constitution uh we wouldn't need laws to keep us all in order (laughs) Uh, that would go with the bible or the quran or whatever religion you may prescribe to as well nonetheless um when we go back to law, and I look this up quite a bit, uh, the Supreme Court has had to weigh in on some of these issues, you know, just over time, right? I mean, we've we've changed ideas and laws about slavery, about women's uh, ability to vote, you know, et cetera, et cetera, as we go on. And, and the Supreme Court did weigh in, and I talked about this a lot on the show, that uh, sexual, if you will, preference, discrimination, um, what you identify with. Um, is is covered so you're right that on the vast majority of discrimination um, laws that are on the books um, they are covered and the question in one way was they did not meaning the supreme court did not go into the quote-unquote public accommodations piece of that they left that alone and over the years that has become a little contentious I would happen to agree with you not that the police are hired by the mayor. I would always question within a city or a county or a state under the laws that are on the books, under the Constitution, what isn't being covered that said group feels discriminated against or needs some new laws or thoughts on the books? Now. At this moment, I would say that, to me, it feels like many of those things are covered. However, there are arguments for people that don't feel that way that there's some things that need to be adjusted. Okay. And therein lies the issue. Um, I believe that many things should be under law so that we can have a clear left and right limit of, hey, we've broken the law or we haven't, and then it uses the normal procedures of breaking the law, you know, and our court proceedings, which have served us very well. And that's where when you start talking about human rights counsels that will advise lawyers in the law what you know what was right, what was wrong, you can get into a gray area. Like I said, we're not gonna solve this today. Um, but nonetheless, I, I think we've learned, um, that we need to do something about it. You know, the mayor was on this morning and while we're on the subject, um, Johnny, if you'll play that, she, she gave a great interview. I mean, I'm, I'm not knocking it, but I, but I have a few thoughts on a couple of clips with regard to, she's talking about human rights and the possibility of moving forward on the fairness ordinance and the thoughts behind it. And I thought this quote was very interesting.
3: Uh, the fact that this issue is um, is really being used as part of political warfare in our country right now, instead of, you know, focusing on the humanity and dignity and respect that we need to afford all of our
1: community members. It's... Okay, so I agree with the complete second half of that. The dignity and respect that we have to afford the humanity of all of our community members. One of the counter arguments, right, is that if we're essentially going all in on one group, we're alienating the other group. And I think that's why politicians have a difficult time because, yes, on these type issues, we're constantly alienating one side or the other if we don't do these things right and we don't organize as a community first to figure out what works in our specific community so we agree on that where i don't agree uh, but at the same time she's kind of right it, listen this is a political weaponized issue and and in this case her administration and her city council democrats brought it forward here there are a lot of issues right now in this time that are politicized we'll talk more about it when we come back 1499 3 L I N.
0: You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on
1: 993
0: KLIN. All
1: right, we're back. Whatever Wednesday, uh, you, the callers, get to drive the show. Rickstein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Uh, fairness ordinance, believe it or not, has uh, made the grade today. Uh, Richard McGinnis was on yesterday, so I guess it's on people's minds still. Um, and the mayor talked about it this morning, and I just played a clip um, where... Her and I agree on the humanity of all people in the city, and I think that you know the problem is is things like this can appear to downplay one group for another group, and and then the arguments get started. Um, where I don't agree is she was saying, "Hey, um, you know, people are politicizing this issue." Well, uh, the only thing I would say is one: the mayor and the city council—they know that. This issue is politicized on both sides of the aisle. Okay. Uh, it's it's like, you know, bringing it up and throwing a grenade in the room and going, ah, I didn't know it was going to go off. I, clearly, that works on a lot of things. I mean, we can talk about green energy policies. That's a politicized issue. You know, woke, BLM, transgender issues, LGBTQIA. Those are politicized issues. Both sides. Uh, right now, energy politicized. You could talk about, uh, I mean, I I don't know, immigration politicized. That's, I think, the point I'm trying to make is I don't, I'm not that far off from the mayor on this. And obviously she's answering the questions as best she can. But that's where we, as a community, have to work through that piece for the betterment, as the mayor said, for the whole humanity of all citizens and you know that's where I'm at on it and I'm glad we have what I call a combat pause because I think there are solutions for the entire city and I think that we need to work together to figure that out in the future alright we're back on whatever Wednesday fourteen hundred ninety nine three
3: K klin pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot
0: Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3, KLIN.
1: All right, we're back. Uh, Whatever Wednesday is moving hot and fast right now. Uh, Fairness Ordinance has dominated the whole first segment. I know, Charlie, we're going to get to you here in a a while, talking about maybe the judicial system. I I just want to finish up on the Fairness Ordinance and and move beyond it. Again, the mayor commented, don't always get to hear her talk. But uh, listen, folks there's a lot of compromise there's a lot of agreement um listen everybody politicizes a lot of issues right now and i I think that comment the democrats don't own humanity the democrats don't own caring about marginalized people when you're in power it's easy to play that card but let's forget that and get down to fixing issues in our community play that second cut because i thought this was telling and
3: we don't want to compromise on people's human rights.
1: <laughs> I mean, that I think there's a fundamental
3: disagreement about, you know, the fact that opponents uh, don't honor the full humanity of folks in the LGBTQ community. And uh...
1: Okay. Once again, just like the other comment, I agree with most of that. I don't agree when you say opponents don't honor the humanity. Well, were the opponents even brought in to help negotiate and figure out what's going on with this and where there's compromise because that's democracy. That's a republic. We compromise. Clearly, they weren't brought in. And as the sitting power, the Democratic Party essentially owning the elected offices in the city, you would be smart enough to do that. Hopefully, if you totally care, because you know you're going to have opposition. So, again, that's playing politics with the issue. Um, and to say we're not going to compromise, well, you're the mayor. If you're not, and the city council's not going to compromise, then you're not governing for the whole of the city. Because I can, I can be fairly confident I represent at least 50% of the citizenry in thoughts, at least politically and again i think we've said hey this can be worked but it just wasn't worked right this time so i mean let's be careful with what we say when we're claiming the moral high ground or um (laughs) you know we're not going to compromise well that's very un-american that's just my thought and again I want to find a solution, and I think we do. Um, Great article, Exploratory Committee. We talked about it today um, on Suzanne Geist and the Journal Star. I'm going to tell you what. I I think she'd be a great mayor candidate. Um, Clearly, I think as I go through my exploratory, I'd be a good mayor candidate. Um, But I'm glad that there's other conservatives uh, considering it. Um, She's the only one that I know of. I've mentioned that before. It's good to see that there's an article about it. I think that... um, the, again, the more balance that Lincoln can have moving forward, the better the city's going to be for all. And so I'm very encouraged that another conservative, Suzanne Geist, is considering it. And uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, talking with folks like her and other conservatives um, to figure out, you know, a great strategy and great candidates for mayor. Um clearly, I wouldn't be looking into it if I didn't think I'd be a good candidate. But um, I'll tell you what, Suzanne Guys has experience. Um, she knows the arena. She knows the people. She's a lifelong Nebraskan, cares about um, – and Lincolnite, cares about Lincoln and the city. So I think that's good for conservatives. You know what I mean? Balance, folks. All right, let's get to Charlie. Charlie, uh, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, Jack. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling.
5: Hey, you know – this doesn't have anything to do with the fairness uh, ordinance, but it is something I think that's pretty interesting and valuable information. I was at the city attorney's office the other day I was negotiating to help a friend of mine take care of a couple of warrants that he had for uh, pretty low level offenses and it related to homelessness but uh, when I talked about you know him going to jail and you know he was medically fragile i said but if you want me to, I'll bring him down and turn it in, and he can sit it out. And she goes, oh, no, we don't do that. We're, there's no cash bail. No cash bail. And I said, what? She goes, no, nope. We just get him in, and we book him, and then they'll release him. And I said, well, what are we, turning into San Francisco? And she said, yep, we sure are. And I didn't know that. I'd never heard it. I'd never heard it publicized. But it's a big deal, you know, the national media talks right some some national media talks about the no cash bail and what what kind of an effect it's had on the safety yeah. and or of the citizens of that particular uh, uh city. And so I have no idea. I think that this is something that needs to be looked into. Who's behind it? Is it just city or is it county offenses too? And why are they doing it? And when is it going to come to somebody's attention? Probably when somebody gets out right away and goes out and hurts somebody else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good call, Charlie. Um, Good call. I didn't know the specifics either, but I got to be honest, when it comes to what we're doing, crime and policies, to me, everybody from the city attorney to the mayor to city council is a little bit – Guilty in this now. That's not to say that they can't try to drive the city in ways they want But I think at this point I've tried to talk about it a lot. We are leaning to far Left policies on a lot of decision trees in that sphere that I think a lot of people don't realize don't uh, understand and quite frankly uh besides my show i don't know anybody that looks into it and will get the facts and or call them out on it
5: well i'll listen to your show from now on and see if you get any more information
1: we'll that. try we'll try i appreciate it good call charlie well and again that <laughs> i mean that stems back to how the riots were handled that stems back to we haven't defunded our police but we haven't really kept up with funding over multiple generations of mayor and city council, and modernized. And then, if we get a little more—whether you want to say it—it's playing to far left policies, opposed to just middle of the road or the current culture in America, kind of post BLM and and woke. We very much policy-wise in the city are following that. West Coast Template, if you want i I'm sure the mayor is influenced by that. You know, if you look at what we've done with green policies, what we've done with our policing, what we've done with the most recent one Lincoln and immigration policy, we are following national democratic agenda items opposed to items that are built from equality within the city. Okay, I understand if you are uh, left dominated as we are right now in elected officials, it's going to lean left. But you still have a responsibility to balance decisions amongst the population, which you lead. Even the fairness ordinance, the way it came down, um, can be viewed as kind of a far left issue. So it doesn't surprise me, Charlie. We'll try to find out. Um, and I think that's why you see a lot of conservatives very concerned about Adam Moorfield um, getting the county attorney spot, because he very much could. And all of a sudden, you have a lot of those same type group thinkers um, in the architecture. And what does that mean? I, I've i said it before. I've said it for a year. We're generally getting to be a, a soft target for crime, not a hard target with a lot of deterrence. And that is playing out in our stats No doubt about it. Um, You know, speaking of that, I will just say, let's go to what the police chief has said. Right. And I don't know how to explain this on the airwaves other than she must be talking about end strength numbers of her department. So if we said that they are authorized, you know, a hundred officers, she has said it's it's clearly bigger than that but and I'll try to find it but she has said they're down 40 right now a couple of weeks ago you'll recall the mayor authorized an additional 5 I believe it was last year and now in her new proposed budget what we know is five additional okay plus 3 uh I think kind of 911 responders well do that math folks if you're down 40 from your end strength right now, and you've only committed budget-wise and plan-wise, you know, five last year, five this year, um, you've barely put a dent in your problem. I will tell you we need somewhere between 125 and 160 officers on the street. Okay? So if you care about safety and security, the down 40 and the we're going to get five a year, that's not cutting it. I mean, it's just simple facts, Um, and I I suspect you're going to have to vote on that one. You're going to need change at City Hall and in the city council and the mayor's office to get safety and security and policies back to law and order opposed to the way we've been going. I mean, June, auto thefts are up 65%. There's a lot of things up right now. Um well let's take Gary. I'd like to get to the Second Amendment, but Gary, I'm all about the people. Welcome to Drive Time Lincoln.
4: Thank you. How you doing?
1: Good. Good. Hey, so
4: um all right. So unless I've heard my information wrong. So Larian used to work for Gavin Newsom when he was the mayor of San Francisco, correct?
1: I have heard that as well. Yeah. So I don't know go, where, but I've heard she's Yeah. Kind there's of,
4: where a lot of your there's where a lot of the yeah. West Coast yeah, stuff comes in. So I was listening to her the other day about the fairness, uh, da, the fairness uh, thing getting repealed and stuff. And you know, she she sounds wonderful when it's like, oh, we just want to make sure everybody feels feels good and, and everybody feels accepted and wanted. And I mean, here's the deal. Yeah, we all want that. That would be great. Number one, life's not fair. Number two, you can't create laws based on feelings, and we've been, tr- they, they, they right. been trying to do people have been trying to do that for a while. Right. But you're never going to have enough laws. Nobody's ever going to feel Correct. good. It's never going to be enough. You make a law, and that's what it is. I also think that this whole a lot of this is going to get solved in the Supreme Court under Title IX. Yeah. You're going to have I mean, women fought for years for equal rights and with, with Title IX, especially in sports, and now if somebody feels a certain way, they can come in and just knock that totally upside down on its head, that's going to change. I mean, I think it could be just as simple as saying, I mean, who knows how it'll come out of the Supreme Court. It'd be great if it just came out and said, look, this is how it is. If you if you have this sexual organ, you play women's sports. If you have that sexual organ, you play, play male sports. If you switch organs, then you switch sides. Otherwise, boom, that's it. But you know, you look at this fairness thing, and it's like, life's not fair. I told them that, hey, my kids that from the time they were born. Yeah. And they all, all have come back to me and said, Dad, thanks so much for saying that over and over. They go, I used to actually hate you for it when you'd say it. Sure. It would make me so angry. They go, now as an adult, wow, I get it. So yeah. anyway, that's just my two cents. No, that's,
1: uh, those are good thoughts, Gary. Appreciate you calling in. Um, well, that I'll tell you what, that, that would be great if... Not just like our own fairness ordinance, but the stuff going on nationally with sports that the Supreme Court would weigh in because that would, I think, help, especially on that issue. On this issue, um, listen, it's emotional and part of governance, part of leadership is taking the emotion out of it, finding out the facts, talking about, you know, getting stakeholders together, true stakeholders. That means the people inside the city. And coming up with what will have to be a compromise solution. Um, you just can't decide to say, well, this is a marginalized group. And the next week, this is another marginalized group. You, you have to govern for the greatest good of the amount, uh, greatest amount of people, right? At the same time, when it is absolutely known that there are marginalized groups, I do believe you have responsibility. And right now, you know, There are a lot of laws already covering this. And so we just have to rework it, folks. That's it. We have to rework it. We have to make it not politicized. And we have to look at facts and look at all stakeholders and then be able to sit in a room together and go, you know what? Agree to that. Agree to that. Okay, let's go get it voted on and let's move forward. Now, on a second issue, which is interesting, Richard, I know you wrote in and I had it on here. A couple of Second Amendment things are out there, and I just want to go through this. I mean, we all have our thoughts on the Second Amendment, but a couple of good editorials um, you know, from the people. Uh, Robert Dean Hegler from Cortland said in the Journal Star, I have been a gun owner all my life, but I will tell you without reservation or hesitation that I would throw all my guns in the ocean if it meant my grandkids could attend school free from the threat of gun violence. Listen, I don't know anybody that wouldn't maybe think of that. However, the reality of that doesn't hold, right? There will be gun violence. If everybody gives up their guns, there will be gun violence. And there will be gun violence in schools. The next one comes, and Richard makes a good point, so does uh, Joel Mickelson. Um, I hope I pronounced that right, Joel. Uh, About the Second Amendment. And I I just want to break it down. I don't know if everybody... (laughs) Really reads it, okay, and and people get in arguments about this. Uh, Richard, who's been on the show, he gets in arguments about it. To me, Second Amendment reads: "A well regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed." Okay, so that's what everybody's arguing about when we say the Second Amendment. And some people will say, you know, back in the olden days. Um, You know, we had to have a militia, and and that's true. Um, So let's go to what militia means, at least by the Oxford Dictionary right now. A military force that is raised from the civilian population to supplement a regular army in an emergency. Um, Examples, a military force that engages in rebel or terrorist activities in opposition to a regular army. All able-bodied civilians eligible by law for military service. Um, Okay, interesting. Having served, and it's my opinion, it's not my fact that I'm actually trying to dig into more facts on this, Um, the National Guard and the Army Reserve are not a militia. I think some of us have said, oh, we think they are. Um, They are not. They are part of the force. Um, If you go to uh, Title 10, U.S. Code, Chapter 12, the militia, there's actually some written stuff i i cannot verify at this moment that this is the like how it is in chapter twelve of title ten of u.s. code but we actually have militia composition and classes and it very much backs up and i need to validate this because i can in this second um, that the militia is not the national guard or the naval reserve the the militia is able-bodied males at least seventeen years of age and there's more to it. And we'll go over that as the show goes on on another date. It, here's the deal. It it does say that we have the right to bear arms. And, you know, Richard, to your point, I will say this. You talk about <laughs> the British government back in the day tried to disband and disarm the colonial militias. Well, that's exactly what the forefathers wanted the right to bear arms to be. So that the government couldn't get oppressive and just overtake and force people to do things in a free country um and so that's where that argument comes from however do we need to have a better way of doing uh gun control and background checks and things like that we probably do but guess what we need to think of a better way to do immigration too so we can't get all emotional on the latest and greatest violence and not think through things that are going to affect 350 million people and the backbone of our society, you know, meaning the Constitution and things like that. You just don't throw it out. You just don't throw it out. You work through it. 1499.3 KLIN.
0: You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Thanks, folks, for a good whatever Wednesday. Hey, keys to the city today. Business is Robert Robber's Caves Tours. Keyword is Cave. It's KLA and Kesa City brought to you by Lincoln Mattress and Furniture. Um Yeah, a lot of good thoughts on, on fairness ordinance. Um, you know, and again, uh, we're on a pause on that. We're gonna we're gonna tackle that as a city in the future. Uh, glad to know that Suzanne Geist on the conservative side is thinking of running for mayor. Um, we'll follow up on that. So will my executive committee. It's good to have a, another conservative to talk to and allies to figure out, you know, uh, how conservatives can help balance this city. Uh, Richard and some of the other folks on the Second Amendment. I Listen, I can't agree with you that today's equivalent of the state militias is the National Guard. Um, That is just not true. It's not true in the way that it functions uh, as essentially a backup to the big United States military as well as under the control of governors. Um, And I guess we can argue all day long about the Second Amendment. But I will say this. I agree with Joe Biden on this. It can be changed. If you want to get changed, there you go. 1,499.3 KLIA.